0: Take your Bibles, if you will. We're going to go to the book of John, the book of John, chapter 3. Been talking for several weeks here about the Lord speaking to us, and it's good to hear from many of you how the Lord is doing just that in your heart isn't God good, that by his word and by his Holy Spirit, he makes himself personal to us. He speaks to us. He encourages us. He, he corrects us, if need be. He tells us that he's near and that he's at work in our lives. And it's wonderful to know and to have the sense of God's presence and spirit at work. And from my perspective, I just want to say that I've been taking each week in prayer as to what the Lord would have me bring to you. Uh, by way of a message each week. And I hope that's okay that your pastor prays about that and uh, looks to the Lord for direction uh, every week. Because the Holy Spirit is, um, I mentioned this last week, not only is he a gentleman, but the Holy Spirit has a plan and a purpose and a direction. And oftentimes we as believers can kind of move past that and just kind of head into life in our own way and by our own thinking and our own direction and our good common sense and all that God's given us we just we just kind of move on through life and do the best that we can and all the time the holy spirit being a gentleman is present with us saying would you ask me would you invite me in would you ask me to direct you would you prompt would you ask me to prompt you would you ask me to become more involved In in your life? Would you let me show you and teach you and guide you? And the Holy Spirit, through these weeks, is trying to speak to us to open up our lives even more to His voice and to what He has for us. And so we're going to continue in that vein today. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit as as water and the scripture talks about the spirit of god as as a water that refreshes us a, a water that fills us a water that renews life within us and we've we've talked about the holy spirit as water we've talked about the holy spirit as fire and last week we talked about the refining purifying nature of fire and how that the fire of the holy spirit comes to clean us up to to burn away the junk and the stuff that gets into our life, that clutters our life, that keeps our life from being filled with his power. The Holy Spirit comes and he moves with fire. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit coming like a wind into our lives, blowing through our lives and bringing uh, the presence of God into our lives. And uh, I know that you would say with me that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit you agree with that, just nod your head at me. Good. I've got a good receptive audience this morning. We do. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit as people. We need the Holy Spirit as the church, the church of Jesus Christ today. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe life into his body today uh, in this world. And so this morning we're going to take a glimpse into John 3 and see how He is the wind of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time of worship. Thank you for the opportunity to pray for one another. Thank you for the joy it is to give. And Lord, we thank you, too, for your word. The eternal, powerful, active, living word of God. Lord, today there's power in your word to speak into our hearts. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move among us here this morning, to bring your life, to move, as it were, by by the wind, Lord, and, and come and move, blow into our lives, Lord, something fresh today. From your spirit, we pray. We are open, we are listening. And we are willing to hear from you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit as wind today. And we want to read the first eight verses of John chapter 3. This is a familiar passage. In fact, at football games, when the camera turns to the end zone, you see something that says, John 3, 3. Okay? Okay? How many of you have seen that? John 3.3. 3. Yeah. How many of you know what John 3.3 3 says? All right. We've got a little, little bit of room to move here this morning. So we're going to look at John 3.3 3 as we read through these first eight verses. What's the guy on the pl- with the placard trying to communicate or get across to anyone that will see John 3.3? We're going to see in just a moment. Let's begin with verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus has an encounter here with a man named Nicodemus. We know from the words of John who Nicodemus was. Nicodemus, first of all, in verse 1, is a Pharisee. He's a religious leader. He's a church guy. He's a theologian of theologians. He knew the scripture inside and out. He knew the pharisaical laws that were placed on top of the scripture. And he carried them out with diligence. He was the guy that everyone in the religious world looked at as to be a leader. The guy out front. Kind of like we in evangelical circles would look at Billy Graham today as somebody that's out front, somebody who's leading the charge, somebody who's, who's the, the religious or the spiritual voice. Nicodemus was such a man. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, it says there. In fact, he was a member of the highest judicial body for the Jews, the Supreme Court, if you will, of the day. Nicodemus was part of this court, of this council, If there was ever a religious question or a spiritual question that was raised, Nicodemus had the answer. If somebody coming to the temple had a question about the law, had a question about the Old Testament prophets, had a question about how to live out those words, Nicodemus was the guy. He was the one that could bring understanding and bring truth according to the Levitical law to the people of that day. Some believe that Nicodemus was a staunch guy, a stoic guy, a guy that was just self-righteous. He was a self-seeking man. He was a self-made man. He was a religious man. He didn't need anything. He didn't want anything. He had the law. He had the perfection of the law. He needed nothing else, and some view Nicodemus as such a man. I viewed Nicodemus a little bit differently because of what we see in this passage today. He was a man that heard the words of Jesus and saw the works of Jesus and was drawn to Jesus. I believe that Nicodemus knew in the midst of having all the right stuff and the right answers and the right knowledge, he knew that there was something missing inside of his life, inside of his heart, inside of his spirit. And so he goes seeking, and we know by the scripture here that he chooses nighttime or dusk to go and to find Jesus. Notice he's looking for Jesus. He leaves the temple, he leaves the council, he leaves leaves the religious elect, and he goes out on a search to find and locate Jesus. He wants to have this dusk time talk with Jesus. So I think by seeing that in Nicodemus, we see that Nicodemus was sensing his need. And although I know all of these things, and I do all of these things, and I'm a man of duty in the law, I have something missing, and maybe this Jesus can help supply it. Could it even be that even the seeking of Nicodemus was because of the Holy Spirit? Because we know the scripture said, says, no one seeks after God. There is nobody that's righteous. It is God who's the seeker of us. Unless we think that it's us that find God, and sometimes our songs talk about that, you know, that we seek God and we find God and we look for God, oh that we do, but we are only responding because somebody else is seeking us. He's seeking us. He's looking for us. And I think the Holy Spirit was already at work in Nicodemus long before he ever made the appointment with Jesus and ever showed up that night to have that conversation with Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was already stirring Nicodemus, was already working with Nicodemus. I think it's interesting here that Jesus chooses a religious man to speak of being born again. We don't see this conversation that Jesus has with anybody else we don't see him talking about this born again experience or being born from above we don't see him talking with anyone else in these terms he decides to open up being born again to a very religious man i believe he's done this to show us something today he he's shown us that man's default our default when we know that we're missing something in our life. Our default is religion. Look all around us. There's religion all around us. There's religious religion. There's humanism religion. There's religion of all different types and forms all around us. We were made to worship something. And there's religion all around us of many different types. And so not only in the day of Jesus... Did people lean on religion? But people around us today lean on religion to get us to God, to get us to happiness, to get us to fulfillment, to do something religious, to give ourselves to something dutiful, to give ourselves to something that will benefit mankind, to do good things. You know, religion, my friend, is man reaching up for God. It's man striving to find God. And man uses a lot of stair steps in order to try to ascend to this relationship with God. Man steps on the step of duty. I'll be a dutiful person. I'll do the right things. I'll do the things that are expected of me. I'll be faithful in my relationships. I'll do the dutiful thing. I'll do the right thing. And therefore, I'll take a step toward reaching God. Duty. Some people stand on intellectualism or a mental acknowledging of Christianity. There's many people in our day today that have mentally accepted what the scripture says about Jesus. They've made a mental commitment that yes, Christianity is true, and I give myself mentally to that truth, but I proceed to live my life in, on my own terms. People take a mental assent of Jesus and of the scripture, and they step on a stair step of that intellectualism and say, I'm going to try to reach God by doing that. By being good or doing good for others. Maybe you've, in talking with folks about their salvation, they would tell you, well, I know that I will have eternity with God because I try to do good. I try to do what's right. I try, I try to accomplish the things that are good in my life. I try to be honest. I try to treat people right. I try to... To give money to the poor. I try to help those that are disadvantaged. I try to do the good things. I try to have a loving and a caring heart. And they try on that basis to take a step toward God. To reach God. That's religion. That's religion. An earning or reaching up to God. Or I'll do enough. I'll say enough. I'll be enough. I'll try enough. I'll think enough. And that will cause me to be able to reach God My friend, the steps are many more than we have the ability to take to reach God, to reach God. How did Jesus answer this religious man? How did Jesus come back to the things that he was asking for and saying, we want to see in verse 3, here's that, John 3, 3. In reply, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, Here it is. Here's the truth. You're a truth seeker, Nicodemus. You're looking for what's real. Let me tell you, this is what is real. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you have an older translation of King James, you're going to see you must, Jesus says, be born again. Born again is evidently what Nicodemus responds to because he goes on to ask maybe the most natural question is how do you enter a second time into your mother's womb? He had a very natural understanding of what Jesus was saying. He went right to the avenue of physical birth and he went back to how can that be accomplished? When really Jesus is saying here in the most accurate translation of this verse is a man must be born from above. A man must be born from above. Being born again from above is the way to reach God. In fact, that is God reaching to you, being born again. It's the way that God is reaching down to you. He comes down the stair steps. There's no climbing on our part. There's no self-improvement on our part. There's no accomplishing on our part. Being born from above is everything about God, from his vantage point, reaching down, reaching down to you and to, to me. God is reaching for us. It's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. To be born of the Spirit of God is when the Holy Spirit of God comes and comes into your life and my life and speaks to us and calls us and draws us. For we know that no one comes to the Father, how? Unless the Spirit draws him. Reaching God isn't a, a human decision one Friday night to say, you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to reach for God. I think I'm going to be born again. It seems like a good idea. It seems like a a natural idea. Oh, my friend, that's not what being born again is. Being born again isn't assembling a list of criteria and reasons why and being convinced in your mind that's a good idea. That's not being born again. Being born again is when the Spirit of God comes and speaks into your spirit that Jesus is the Son of the living God and he calls you into a relationship with him. That's being born again, my friend. It's not natural, it's supernatural. It's an encounter with God for yourself, not through someone else. You've heard it said before God doesn't have any grandchildren. God doesn't have any grandchildren. You, you cannot experience being born again. Through someone else. Well, my mom's a believer. Well, my family, they're Christians. Well, I was raised in church. I've been in church all my life. I get it. I understand it. I know who Jesus is. You're not born again. Understanding who Jesus is without coming into a relationship with God through the Spirit of God, that's not being born again. Being born again. It's not through anyone else or because of anybody else. It's you encountering the Spirit of God for you, for you being born again. It's what the Spirit does. It's what the Spirit does. I remember being about eight or nine years old, sitting in a church, and church was just what we did. Church was just, if you were raised in church, you know what I'm talking about, you know? It's just, you were at church more than you were at home. I did more homework underneath the pew at church than I did at the kitchen table at my house. Why? Because we're going to church. Because church was open and something was happening at church, and so we'd go to church. So I knew a lot about church by the time I was 9 or 10 years old. I knew a lot. I heard a lot of sermons. I'd been in a lot of Sunday school classes. I knew a lot about the Bible. I had memorized the Old Testament books of the Bible and the New Testament books of the Bible. I had all that going on. You could name a person in the New Testament, I could tell you who he was or who she was. I knew much, but I didn't know yet. I hadn't had a born-again experience until one Sunday in July. I was sitting probably where Don Sampson is sitting this morning. And I was sitting on the aisle with my family that day And I was listening to the pastor preach. And I had listened to him many, many, many times. Heard him Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, a lot. But that day was something different. Because the Holy Spirit of God took what he said. And he zinged it right to my spirit. And it became a message to me. It became a message from the Spirit of God that said, Cindy, I'm calling you. I'm speaking to you. This is God speaking by my spirit into your spirit. Come and be born again. Come and open up your life to me. Come and receive the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And so that day became different because I stood up and I came down the aisle and I opened up my life to the Holy Spirit of God. And on that day, I was born again. So walking into a church doesn't make you born again. Learning the worship songs doesn't make you born again. Getting involved in youth group doesn't make you born again. Lifting your hand while you're singing a song doesn't make you born again. Being born again or born from above is when the Spirit of God comes down and speaks into your spirit and says to you personally, come, come, come into a born again experience. Let my life Come into you. This is about your spirit. This is about your soul. This is a personal invitation. The idea of being born from above is the same idea that happened on the day that Jesus was crucified. And if you remember from Matthew 27, there's a picture of the temple, and Matthew is the only one that gives you this account. When Jesus accomplished the work on the cross, and he said, It is finished. If you were standing at the holy of holies in the temple that day, you would have known that the hand of God touched two places at the top of the veil and pulled because it says the veil in the temple was rent from above. It was something that God did. No priest divided the temple that or divided the veil that day. God's hands touched the veil and tore the veil from above. From above. Being born again, being a believer, being a Christian, following Jesus is something that comes from above into our spirit, into our heart. It's nothing we contrive or decide or make on our own. It's only something that we receive. On that night, Jesus talks about the spirit being like a wind. If we go down to verse 5, Jesus answers. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that's born of the Spirit. I wonder if on that night... The wind was actually blowing. During this conversation, if you watch a, 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 cl- a clip from the Bible or a clip from the movie The Son of God, when they're doing this scene, you see the wind blowing around the, the trees and the shrubbery around where they are sit- sitting. As a religious man, Nicodemus might have been thinking about a passage in Ezekiel 37. 37 where God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel and he says, go and speak to these dry bones and tell them to live. You know the passage I'm talking about? Some of you are nodding your head. Go and speak to those dry bones and tell them to live. And when the prophet went and he spoke, the Spirit of God breathed into these dry bones and they indeed lived. Nicodemus well-versed in the Old Testament, might have been thinking about that very image. That breath will enter you and you will come to life. Could this mean something like what Jesus is talking about here, that if the breath of God breathes into me, I'll be born again. I will come to life. Here's some things about the wind that will help us this morning understand a little bit more what jesus is saying first of all you know wind is not under your control i don't know if you've ever tried to get wind under control but forget it it's not possible wind does not obey leaves leaves obey the wind what's jesus saying there he's saying you know the spirit of god is under the sovereignty of god and he will work however he chooses the Holy Spirit will work however he chooses. We contribute nothing. We don't contribute anything. It's the work of the Spirit. James 1.18 says this, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. Or 1 Peter 1.23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of god what are the scriptures telling us that being born again is completely god's thing it's completely his work it's a work of the spirit just like you did nothing to contribute to your natural birth you do nothing to contribute to your spiritual birth i didn't do anything i could ask my mother here this morning i didn't do i didn't do anything to contribute to my physical birth I created probably some pain and discomfort and other things, but I didn't contribute anything to that birth. So it is with the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God speaks into your spirit that you need to be born again, it's his work. Not only does he do the drawing and the speaking, but he does the birthing too. And he brings us into his kingdom. My friend, even as a believer today, This is why it's important when the Spirit of God speaks to you. You know, the Scripture says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. The Spirit of God will not always be speaking. He won't always be wooing or calling or drawing or convicting. If you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's a precious thing. If you hear the voice of God in your life concerning something in your life... Don't grieve him. That's a precious thing. For the Spirit speaks and moves at his will. And when he speaks and moves in our lives, we need to treat it as precious. We need to not only acknowledge it, but we need to move in what he's telling us and speaking to us about. Because the Holy Spirit moves at his, at the Lord's command. We can't control the Holy Spirit. We can't say after the Holy Spirit has spoken to us at another time, Oh, Holy Spirit, please come and speak to me. We can say those words, but it's the Holy Spirit's decision whether he's going to come and do the speaking. So when he is, I I, I want to reaffirm this to you this morning. When the Holy Spirit is speaking, listen. When the Holy Spirit is calling you and drawing you and speaking to you and convicting you, listen to him. For it's his decision under his sovereignty to be the one that speaks. So how do you know that you've been born again from above by the Spirit of God? You know, just like that we cannot see the wind today, but we can see the effects of the wind. There are effects in the life of the person who's a believer who's been born again that we should be able to see. The first effect that the wind brings And being born from above is that you can see. That you can see. You can see the kingdom of God. You can see the truth. Your blind eyes are opened. In fact, Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about how that unbelievers, until the point of being born from above, are blind. They can't see. Maybe you've had that experience in trying to share your faith with another, and they just can't see. They just can't understand It's hard for them to grasp. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has not brought them into a born-again experience. So they can't see. Paul says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But my friend, when the Holy Spirit draws you, speaks to you and brings you into a born from above experience. All of a sudden the blinders go off. The blindness drops. You're able to see. You're able to see the word of God. The word of God speaks to you. The word of God comes into you. The word of God is known by you. Why? Because now you're born again. And the same spirit that penned the words of Scripture now lives on the inside of you and bears witness. You can see. What else is an effect of the wind of the Spirit blowing in your life? You want Jesus. You want Jesus. You want to experience him, know him, speak with him. You want to hear his words. You have a hunger for the word of God. You want the word of God in your life to speak to you. You want Jesus. Also, you're new. You're new. I think this is one of the most profound things. It comes from 2 Corinthians five, because Paul says, "If anyone's in Christ, they're new. Not they'll get better. Not they'll improve. Not that they'll get into a class and learn how to live better." He doesn't say that. He says, if anybody's in Christ, the old stuff is gone and everything is new. Everything is new. A good question to ask ourselves is, if we've been born again, why are we stuck in the old? Why are we stuck in the old? When the Lord says, if we're in Christ, everything's new. And finally, an indication or an effect of the Holy Spirit as a wind in your life is you're alive. You're alive. You're not religious. You're not a churchgoer. You're not filled with duty and responsibility. Oh no, you're alive. You're alive. When the Spirit comes in to your spirit, you... Become alive. John five twenty four says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. Listen to this. He has crossed over from death to life. Before you have life and birth from above, our spirits are dead, the scripture says. Dead in sin. There's no life. Inside. But when we are born from above and the Spirit of God by the wind comes into us, then our spirit is made alive to God. It's a living, a breathing experience with the Holy Spirit to be born again. So Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, and he's saying to us, John 3:3, you must. You have to be. It's an essential thing. You have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. You can't be religious. You can't be a good person. You can't be a church-going person. You can't be helpful at home. You can't be doing wonderful things for the culture and for the poor and for the needy. All of those things are part of that stair-step of religion to try to get to God. That's not being born From above, Jesus said, you have to be born by the Spirit of God from above in order to see my kingdom, in order to come into my kingdom. Today, the word is true for us today. It's not enough to be an American Christian. It's not enough to be dutiful and good. We have to be born again. Let's pray. Father, there is life in the spirit that you want to give to each one. We don't know the end of the story with Nicodemus concerning his response to what Jesus said. But Jesus gave him the full picture of what it is to be born from above. You're saying those same words to us today you must be born again. You must be born again. My friend, you can be born again today. Born from above by the Holy Spirit of God coming into your life. You might say, Pastor Cindy, but I've been going to church my whole life. I, my parents are Christians. I, I read the Bible. Are you born again? Are you born again? But I'm a good person and I, I've done a lot and I, I try to live right. And are you born again? There's a Spirit of God spoke in your name and said, Come to me. Come to me and receive me. Let me put my life in you. Let me give you sight so you can see. Let me make you alive in your spirit. You can be born again today. 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 I'm going to ask this morning if if you know this morning that you've been born again by the Spirit of God. I'd like you to lift your hand. Pastor Cindy, I know. I've been born again by the Spirit of God. He lives in me. I know. I know that. I'm certain. Thank you. you can Take your hands down. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you to begin to pray. Those of you that lifted your hand, would you just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak, to draw, to invite others here this morning that have not been born again. We pray, Lord, that the wind of your spirit would speak to hearts in this moment. Drawing people to Jesus to be born again. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm just going to ask this morning, if you would say, Pastor Cindy, there's a lot of things I could tell you this morning, but I couldn't tell you that I've been born again. But I feel on the inside of my spirit today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. There's a tug, there's a drawing. My friend, that's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to your spirit and he's saying, Today, it's today. Be born again today. I'm speaking into your spirit the truth. I'm confirming what's been said that this is right, this is true, this is the Word of God, and I'm calling you today to become born from above. If the Holy Spirit is speaking into your spirit this morning, you're feeling that that draw and that tug from the Lord. That's the Spirit of God. Would you respond to him today? Would you respond to him today? And I'm going to ask you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to be born again today, I'm going to ask you, would you stand where you are? Just stand where you are this morning and say, yeah, I'm just saying the Holy Spirit is speaking to my spirit today. I want to be born again. Just stand where you are today. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit's work here this morning, confirming to us and bearing witness in our spirit that we belong to you, that we've been born from above. Lord, I pray, Father, for these that might be here with us this morning, that you're, you're speaking, you're, you're tugging, you're drawing. Holy Spirit, May they not squander the opportunity to receive new birth from above today. Continue to work, Lord, in our lives by your Holy Spirit to lead us into your truth to help us to walk with you in the spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.